Hello, everyone. This is Flash Gordon. Now we are ready to begin. Although it started out as a routine mission of exploration, my most recent flight to the galaxy Alpha Centauri was anything but routine. Let me tell you what happened. My ship was cleared for takeoff, and I blasted off from Earth one bright, sunny morning late in May. In just a few minutes, my ship was free of the Earth's gravitational pull. I fired the main engines that would send me roaring into deep space. Through the rear cabin window, I watched as Earth grew smaller and smaller in the distance. Soon, it was just a tiny blue dot in the immense blackness of space. Without warning, the ship was rocked by a series of bone-shaking explosions. A meteorite shower, I thought. The heavy chunks of space rock burst into thousands of tiny flaming pieces as they crashed into the ship's meteor shield. Without the shield, the meteorites would have cracked the ship into bits. The remainder of the long flight was uneventful. Weeks of endless, uninterrupted darkness. I read and studied my charts to fight boredom, one of any space traveler's greatest enemies. In the weightlessness of space, exercise was fun and easy. I floated around the ship's cabin with ease. The computer radar alarm sounded, indicating I was approaching my destination. There, off the starboard side of the ship, loomed the object of this trip's explorations, the gigantic planet Titan. Although it had been discovered several years ago, no one from Earth had ever set foot on the huge cloud-covered world. I would be the first known explorer to see this strange planet. I fired the retro rockets and my ship roared down into the thick green clouds that swirled about the mysterious world. Hey, Slaufeg Radio, Season 1, Episode 19. Still Season 1? It's like, I guess. I don't know. When do you want to do I Season 2? I don't know. In January? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think that there was going to be a season. I was, I was hoping yeah, that there wouldn't be a Season 2. Yeah, we might go like two. 10 seasons of yeah, COVID, right? you know, of lockup here. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll do Season 2 in January. Yeah. We're going to make the episodes longer. I think we're going to be locked down in this room, in this studio we're just going to sleep on the floor and it's gonna be like a reality show we're just going to be on the air all the time we could, we could just you live know, stream like, you know, to youtube like everything everything <laughs> like just giving yourself a puerto rican shower or whatever they, what they or bath <laughs> and you're gonna yeah all right anyway we're gonna just uh so that was a um that was flash gordon and the lost planet this was a uh, storybook uh, read-along, 7-inch, that I got many years ago. It's uh, 1982, pressed on the King Features Syndicate. The Flash Gordon, um, I don't remember where Flash Gordon's even, like, does he, does Flash Gordon actually, like, in the movies, does he live on Earth? No, he doesn't, right? He lives in some weird... He lives in outer space. So he's not, is he supposed to be actually from Earth, or is he like one of those weird, so far in the future things? Or is he an alien? Uh, I don't have a lot of Flash he's Gordon human, knowledge. but human. there's weird flying alien people and stuff. 
Well, I mean, that's the Ming, that's the, the one Ming movie, though. That's the one movie that we all know from the 80s. Yeah. But, well, no, actually, like, all of the really older movies, the black and white stuff. That one too, yeah, yeah the, the black and white stuff. I don't really know anything about it. I never saw the 80s one, I don't think. Dude, you never the one with Queen. The Queen. All I remember is Queen. I don't remember. Oh anything. man, the eight, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty I mean, it's really? it's so eighties. It's it's. Uh, they I got, remember what the guy they looks got the like. Hair. Yeah, I remember Ming the Merciless. I remember what the guy looks like, but I don't remember seeing the movie. So. They got the hair. They got the yeah, music. The sure. They got the yeah. dance moves. They got. Is the, there? Uh, is it a musical? No. There's a lot of there's songs. Dancing in it. Wait. Well, the pseudo dancing when they're like. Flash, do you remember how to run the ball? And he's like, Yeah, and he oh. and he's running with some like bomb thing. It's pretty oh, funny. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, I would be down to um, to watch that, watch and, that and, and react yeah. along with it. Oh, maybe that should be our. We'll our do reaction videos. TV thing. We could. Do you want to do reaction videos? Not really. No. no you oh, you we, mean like like where we watch something or listen to something and then react Beavis to it? Butthead. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I don't. Know. I guess if we get really bored, we could do that. Did you see on the Facebook I posted some, uh, the there's Facebook. like these Christian people reacting to Slough no, Fight music? No, I saw that before you posted it. Oh, I really? I didn't say anything because I was like, this is boring and stupid, but they're Christians? Yeah, they're Christians reacting to Slough Fight. But they're like music fans. I guess. I, I don't know. They're I mean, I don't think, wait, where does it say they're Christians on there? Because I looked at Right in the little headline. What? The weird thing is that they didn't even really say anything. They just made stupid faces. Well, no, somebody somebody's said, here, look at these Christians listening to Slavic, but I didn't see any indication of that in their program. Um, they don't really talk about it, Yeah, I don't think. I didn't really watch the whole thing. Yeah. They seemed very confused by those songs. They uh, didn't really say anything the until the said, very end. Well, the guy said something about System of a Down. He said... Oh, really? That, like, I sound like the guy from System of a Down, which I don't understand at all. But, um, but he seemed very... They had some kind of strange. It seemed like they were into metal, I guess, right? Or they looked like they were. I, I don't really know. But they were like, very confused. They were like, I don't understand this. Like they'd never heard anything weird or something. They were like, I don't get. I don't get where this is going. What? What is this? They've like, only heard the mainstream. They've never been they, to well, the underground. Sort of, it sort of seemed like that in a way. Although I don't know if they had. It seemed very much like we didn't fit into something that they could understand. And you could understand how certain Slaufeg songs would be like that. But the ones they played weren't really. I mean, there's the middle sort of section of the first side of Down Among the Dead Men. It was uh, heavy metal monk might be a little weird to people, but then uh, Fergus McRug, which is not that weird at all, and then Cauldron of Blood, which most like heavy metal, like yeah, like you know, hardcore metal fans would like that. So I don't know what uh, they didn't like it though. Whatever. Yeah, um, they, they didn't dig on it too much, but it was uh, it was interesting. It was pretty weird. It was just like three songs in a row, and their faces going like. Groove into yeah, it. Yeah, they're just making weird faces. Confusion. They're like, whoa, whoa, what? And then what? at the end, it didn't seem like it was weird because they didn't get the usual polarizing reaction that we get. Right. They weren't like, this is awesome or God, this sucks. You know, it was just like, uh, what? Really vague, kind of weird. They were, like, seemed kind of confused about it and stuff. They, they just said Weird Al a bunch. They said, is this supposed to be like Weird Al? Is this supposed to be not seriously? Weird Al metal? Is this a parody of itself? Which I can understand, but I like, if you'd been, if you'd listened to a lot of metal, it seems like you wouldn't really have that reaction. Weird, Weird Al should make a metal album. Probably already has. We just don't know about it yet. Maybe I don't know. The anyway, that was that was nice. Yeah, um, that was interesting. I think it was intriguing. Yeah, one of those n intriguing things from yeah. the past week. So uh, anyway, now here we are, possibly headed into another lockdown in California. We don't really know that, but L.A. is in full lockdown, and we. 
in the Bay Area are in the purple, except for Marin County. So people in Marin County don't have to go home at 10. We do. Hmm. Everyone else does in Bay Area. But, um, and we're facing the possibility of shelter in place again, like much of the country should be, but I don't know if they are. And uh, it's annoying because I don't want to do that. But uh, it's probably for the best if it does happen. It hasn't happened yet. It may happen this week if numbers go where they are. I mean, excuse me, if numbers go where they are projected to go. The current trend continues. Well, it's hospital beds. that that, that, That's the motivation for it, which is totally understandable. Is like, I mean, Jesus Christ, they they have to. um, uh, Right now, or I don't know what the uh, very like the statewide something like, I don't remember. 70, 80 percent capacity hospital uh, as far as uh, ICU beds or something like that. Hmm. And they can't mess around with that because ventilators by Christmas, if it goes up to. Yeah, then there could a lot of people could really die. So if the numbers keep increasing of positivity, uh, they're going to lock down the entire state. And that's uh, that could be quite devastating for a lot of people and scary and boring and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so. It is, but to uh, to supplement that boredom, we always have music. That's and, right. And uh, we have a new segment that oh, we're kind right. of proposing here. We're proposing. Proposing a we new have a segment. Proposal. Since we're going to probably proposal. have a few more episodes in this season before we move yeah. into season two, which, so. you know, uh, so the new uh, new segment is. Well, what we're going to do is play, it's from the 70s, I believe. Did that say, yeah, 70s German Hard rock, a song that now this is kind of interesting because you feel yeah, '70s German heavy rock song. Um, and so I where, where did you get this CD from? Well, I, no, I, it's what CD. I don't have CDs, man. Did compact no, disc. I, no, it is. It is something that I. Um, it's not a over vinyl in comp. Warsaw. Our friend Yasik, Uncle Yasik, put out uh, of Mega Disc Records. Who put out the live in in Poland record? Uh, gave me a lot made of music, in a lot of really cool music. What did I just say? Made, made in, Poland. in Poland. Yeah. And uh, he is probably the biggest underground music fan as far as um, his collection, maybe even that I know, although that's kind of a, there's a lot of people in that running very close to close to each other. Um, uh, but he's, he's got, got a store, lot he's of got, stuff. He's got yeah. collectibles. And he has great, he has a lot of taste. He really spends his life uh, you know, um, perusing the uh, you know the the history of psychedelic heavy rock, um, metal, you know, a lot of different stuff, and he really. So this is it. one of the CDs he so, made. So yeah, okay, and so it, the funny part is this: is that you know you could do like okay, we're gonna play a song, and somebody call in and name that song. That's not a new thing. Obviously, they used to do contests like that when I was a kid in the seventies. Like, if you can name this tune, you get a free pass to something or other, you know, whatever it is, but, uh, or a free, it was always like a free pizza or something like that, you know, but, uh, or a free, uh, free pizza just for naming the song. Well, free. Yeah. You'd get a free dinner or a free, um, I can't remember what they'd give away, but they'd be, you know, all radio stations did that all the time. They probably still do it. If you name this song, then you call in and you're the first person to call and you get a free something or other. Okay. So, but we're not, uh, we actually don't know. See, in that case, the the DJ, the disc jockey, would know what the song was, but in this case, <laughs> we don't even know what this song is. Okay, so, so okay, so, so a little we're bit. We're going to play you a song, and we don't know who did it. Okay, a little bit of background on this, yeah, though, yeah. because um, just so uh, Uncle Jacek in Poland 
in Warsaw. When we yeah. were there, he, um, we were talking about music. We were yeah, at his, his store. Yeah. He sent all of us, uh, uh, me, Mike, Harry, and Angelo. Yeah. He sent us each uh, curated yeah. comp- compilation CDs. And some vinyl to me, too. That he... That he wanted us to listen to because we were talking about music and he's oh you know what do you like and what do you like so so he sent Mike apparently this German metal compilation heavy rock from the heavy 70s, rock yeah. yeah he sent me uh, a bunch of cool like eighties underground metal stuff he sent uh, he sent Angelo a bunch of psych stuff I don't know what he sent to Harry but he made mm-hmm. us uh, he actually made us these compilation CDs that I think all of us listen to religiously because they're so he sent, good. He sent Harry some new romantic. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, but some, he sent us, he sent us all these compilation CDs and each one has like, like 25 songs or something. And there was, yeah. And he sent me some, some J cards or whatever you want to call them with all the info. Yeah. He but sent I the, lost well, a Yeah. Bunch where the hell is that stuff? So I lost it. And so I just have, but it's great because then I listen to the music just for the sake of the music and half the stuff, I don't even know what it is. Which is fun. Which is cool because then, you know, some people might hear, I used to play them a lot uh, while we're bartending at the attic and I would just put on the psychedelic CDs. There was some fantastic music on there. I did not know who most of it was because I lost the the sheet that he sent me or whatever. Yeah, the insert. And, uh, but occasionally some, you know, some, you know, uh, young whippersnapper, you know, hipstery, whatever you want to call it, uh, DJ kid would be like, hey, I know who that is. That's, you know, Iron Grasshopper, or that's whoever, you know. Uh, and you're I like, go, yeah, oh, that's cool. exactly what or it is. Or someone yeah. would put their phone up to it and it would actually find it on Google or whatever, which you didn't. A lot of these stuff were, were obscure, so it wasn't, a, you couldn't do that, but most of it was, uh, was you could find one way or the other. Uh, but I didn't bother because I'm like, I don't care. It's just great. You yeah, know? it's just good music and to then listen some to. Some of it I did hear, I was like, okay, I want to know what this is. And some of them, Angelo knew who they were, or this or that. Um, but I didn't want to add Yossi was like oh I can send you that info again I'm like no no I want to actually listen to this and like I'm listening to the radio like in the old days and not knowing so anyway we don't know who we're playing here but if you can uh, call us in here you can't really call here but we had send us an email there. there's an email saying oh I know who that was um, send us an email to band at slaufeg.com yeah, you can send us a snail mail to uh, we'll send you a free uh a sticker? We'll send you a free pickle or something. No, a free uh, uh, pickle we'll doesn't. You pickle doesn't mail well. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Is there anything like a freeze dried, pi- like the, the raisin, raisin box of raisins, raisin, a raisin pickle or something? Box of raisins. Uh, maybe um, some. Uh, a broken symbol. Yeah, I don't know. A broken guitar string. Maybe we won't send you anything. Maybe we'll send you a sticker. Yeah. Uh, a used I'll, pick. I'm not. Oh God, no. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, does anybody really want that? Yeah. Broke, broken drumstick. Anyway, uh, so are we, are we going to do this? Are we ready to do it? Yeah, so uh, what numbers should we well, play no, here? That, this random. So this... Um, Pick a random one. Okay, this... Uh, Russian roulette with a 70s hard rock. This German CD, rock. yeah, German hard rock has 17 tracks on it. We're going to pick a number through 1 through 17. Yeah. I'm going to say 8. And if it turns out that we know exactly what it is, or it's like if it's like ACDC, no, it won't be anything like that. Well, ACDC is not German, so that probably wouldn't happen. If it's some Scorpion song, I don't think there's anything that that popular on there. Yeah, I know. It's but I mean, it could be something that we would recognize, in which case we have to go on to the next. Hey, one. well, let's yeah. find out. Let's find out, man. <laughs> Oh, 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 
that was Tragedy Divine. The uh, album is called Visions of Power. Yeah, track number was um, two. Right? That was track number two. I married a witch. I married a witch. That's yeah, it. Yeah, um, that CD I've had for quite some time, and we figured we'd stay German there. Um, so again, the first song that you heard there, um, unknown to us, seventies German hard rock. <laughs> Sounds kind of psych. That was pretty awesome. I thought that uh, that first song. Uh, but we don't know who it is. I um, mean, it was super groovy and had that kind of uh, that kind of cool production where it's just like there's no there's no editing. It's just like raw tracks. It sounds cool. Maybe, I thought it sounded, yeah, sounded it sounded great. pretty raw and it sounded psych, and which is Yasek and it makes sense. But it's uh, some sort of '70s rock band, and uh, yeah, so. Let us know what that was if you know, or yeah, email us at uh, or do that silly thing with your phone or whatever you got to do to at band at com, <laughs> or you can even snail mail us yeah. at uh, send always us a letter telling yeah, you. send us a letter. We'll read it. We'll read it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, send to PO Box one nine one three zero one San Francisco California nine four one one nine in the USA. So yeah, that was followed by Tragedy Divine, which is Garrett Mutz from you know another German band. Uh, the third band that I know of that consists of Garrett Mutz on vocals and Jörg Nittel on guitar. I believe the first one uh, with those two guys on it was Tragedy. This is what we just heard, Tragedy Divine. And then they started um, Dawn of Winter. Correct me if I'm wrong about the order there. Then Dawn of Winter. What year is that? 96? 94? Yeah, 96, 96 on Modern Music Maybe Records. Dawn of Winter was first. I don't remember um i remember greg gave me a donna winter cd like way back yeah. when yeah we played donna winter on here so there's tragedy divine i can't remember the order of those band which which one chronologically came first but this dawn of winter tragedy divine and then sacred steel all with garrett mutz which sacred steel and, is still around and uh well dawn of winter is still around for sure i don't know about sacred steel maybe they, yeah they are yeah and you're gonna tell on guitar oh, uh, donna winter still around well, they don't do. They have been intermittently uh, around for since their inception. Like they took time off and then came back around, and they, they you know, they sort of like. It's one of Steel. those bands that never really broke up. They just no, didn't yeah. play Sacred for a Steel couple years. Steel was the main gig for for those guys forever, and Dawn of Winter did things intermittently often. But then it it, it, it became more prominent sometimes in there, at least as the far main as what, gig, you know, man. What they did, uh, you know, those guys were focused on Dawn of Winter at times. Anyway. Um, I met Garrett, uh, the singer there you heard, um, in uh, the 90s, around that time, around 97, maybe 96, 97, somewhere in there, through pen pals, you know, the, the, the original Slaufeg, uh, European contacts, one of them was Garrett Mutz. I think he wrote me a letter back when we used to do that, bands used to send each other tapes and all that, and, hey man, we... I got your CD because we had released our own CD in 96, our self-titled. And then he's like, we just got signed to Metal Blade. Here, here's my CD. And sent me his CD, and we started talking. And next thing I know, he was inviting me out to um, to Germany to play some gigs opening for Sacred Steel and War Dog and Destiny's End, all on Metal Blade, all Metal Blade bands. And so that was exciting. We went out there and played some gigs with them uh, in 1999. We met them at Wackenfest in... Uh, Outside Hamburg there. Anyway, 
Yeah, so that's and we had we, we had a long friendship then. He used to Garrett Mutz. Remember, I, you weren't around for that tour, I think, but that that tour then that the first ballad one. of Mike meaning Garrett Mutz. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, a great a great romance followed. Um, it's been documented in several heavy metal uh, magazines. But we uh, went out the next year in 2000 to play with Solstice and Twisted Tower Dyer and Garrett and his friend Ralph, who I became uh, buddies with too. It, they drove in a car. Uh, behind our horrid van and uh, went to every gig, slept in the car, and um, you know, we saw them every time, almost every time we went to Germany, we saw Garrett. So, um, the last time, I guess we didn't, did we? I don't remember. We saw him at a few festivals in the not too distant past, but anyway, all right. So, there you go, <laughs> German stuff. Um, yeah, it's exciting <laughs> when I'm not talking about disgusting stuff and you know getting called out by security guards in the store or whatever being all gross so studying statistical ins- information about german uh, german metal uh. adrian's band the high waters which is his surf band uh did a gig this weekend the first gig is that the first gig you've done that's since f- covid yeah that's yeah. the first outdoor performance outdoor gig. i'm done. surprised i thought maybe you guys would do anyway i i, I booked the gig myself uh, at an outdoor uh, at, at, at venue, which is the first <laughs> first gig at uh, the Parklet outside the nightclub that I <laughs> used to be a nightclub, still is uh, that I work at uh, up in Bernal Heights, San Francisco. There and uh, Lucky Horseshoe and uh, Adrian and Yakin and what was the guy's name playing drums? Uh, now, Trey. Right? Trey uh, did some surf rock classics, no vocals because uh, the the permit that we got uh, does not allow. Vocals, sin vocals. You'd be like, you know, spewing aerosol upon uh, onto spittle uh, uh, people and and uh, into the street and into the air and everything. So yeah, we no keep vocals. our masks on. But it was quite a success. Uh, the whole it, it it really was when you guys were playing on Saturday. It was like uh, it was like Beatles on the Apple Building for a while. There. It was the it first was time I've had that much fun in like eight months. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know? And they they were. Uh, People were, I mean, it, the people were saying, why don't you just, because there's a, so it's a one, one story building. So people were like, just put them on the roof and that way they're not going to cause any kind of uh, problems and, and you could sing and everything and it wouldn't be, unless you're spittling down into this, you know, aerosol into the street or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you have death metal band up there you know, spewing all that saliva on it. But Could no, you but put it on the roof? No, I don't think that would be legal. I think the permit would not. I mean, I don't know if anybody would stop us. I mean, it might be just like the Beatles and the people people come around, they'd look and the cops would come. But but it was like that anyway, playing in the parklet. Like they, they uh, people from all, you, you noticed that, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, all walks of life. People walking out of the grocery store, everyone stopped on the street and were looking around. Wow, music, you know. Three in the afternoon, three thirty in the afternoon, Saturday. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, people put money nice in the nice weather and everything it was, it was too. Good, you know, yeah, so the, the weather was great. Very rare experience for people that if we announce it on here next time, uh, hoping there is a next time, um, maybe some slough-fag people will come out and see Adrian playing surf rock Woo. classics. It's happened before. Yeah, that's always uh, that's always funny when yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. high waters are out and about. Metalhead and show up, and some are, like yeah. long haired dude with like a, a leather jacket will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "You look familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look familiar. Where do I know you from?" And yeah. I'm like, "You don't know me, man." Like, you I, don't know me. yeah, you yeah, don't know me. Yeah, I'm just some surf rock guy. Yeah. You don't know me, man. You don't know me, you man. Don't want to know me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm not your friend. You know. <laughs> get all dirty hairy on him or something <laughs> or whatever it is. So what do, what's, what do we got for today? We got some Tony McAlpine, which I've been excited to 
We do right have here. some Tony McAlpine, yeah. but I don't uh, have any Tony McAlpine. You know, I actually. Um, oh got yeah, a, you got some other. Yeah, I got an email. Obscure about uh, uh, some new Ross the Boss. Oh, project. that's right. Yeah, that's not cryptic, man. That's yeah, no, it's not cryptic, but it's it's kind of you know I have I've never listened yeah, to this stuff. What has Ross the Boss been up to? I mean, Ross the we, Boss is doing we, Death Dealer. Yeah, oh, which apparently okay. they've been around for a while. They put out a couple this of just albums. came out. Yeah, this just so came he's out been recently. Holding, holding up or down or whatever um, you call it. He's been woodshedding over there in New Jersey or wherever the hell uh, upstate New York. Who knows, man? Yeah. But uh, the the name of the album is called Conquered Lands. Okay. See, I've been interested because it's on Steel Cartel does Records. It steel, <laughs> steel Cartel. Steel Cartel. <laughs> yeah. You want to put out a? Oh man, we need to start a, a label like like called uh, called. Okay, well. Something, and so something worse than that. I, I wanted to just check. You know, I, I figured Steel I'm going to check cartel. this out. Yeah. Maybe it's something we can uh, we can listen to on the uh, podcast. This one is called Sorcerer Supreme. To to I think we are going to listen to it on the podcast. Sorcerer Supreme okay, from Death Dealer, fe featuring Ross the Boss. <laughs>
Boss, man. That was pretty good. I, 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 I mean, it was better than I expected. Yeah, it was. Considering the last crap that Man of War well, put out, it sounds kind of like Man of War, of course, but so it definitely wasn't his dictator's uh, side coming out there. Um, it's got a lot of, I like how it's fast, got a lot of double bass. It was very, very true. Very, very, true. very 80s. I mean, well, obviously, but it was very 80s underground. It did, it did it's as authentic sounding. It didn't sound like somebody now trying to. Imitate that. It, it sounded. I mean, it was hilarious, of course, but I mean, it was funny. It's. I. I didn't know that Ross, the boss, would be so true metal in his solo efforts. I don't know anything about what he's done since. I mean, hell, it's been. How long has it been since Manowar? Like forty years or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I do yeah. know that this band has put out two other records. This is not yeah, their yeah, first yeah, album. Yeah. This is like. I haven't heard any of them. Yeah. yeah, I haven't either. This is like I just got an email. I'm on all these. Um, I'm on all the. I'm sure everybody out there is on these, like you know, you know, ooh, new, new heavy metal release, you know, coming at you. Yeah, you know, here's really a here's a track from. I see stuff all the time, but I don't always. You don't click it, on it, yeah. I mean, I I rarely click on it, but you know, we're, not, so we're well. not those explorers of the uh, airwaves that we should. We're not like uh, Fenres or. Uh, or uh, our friend Alan Nethemethic, whatever his name. What does he call him? Alan Averill. From <laughs> <laughs> what does he call himself? What's his black metal Nim- name? Nemethega. Nemethega. Uh, N- N- yeah, N- our, N- our buddy Nemethega N- over N- there N- in uh, in Dublin. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he has a name for himself. He certainly does. Uh, he's, he's doing a good podcast oh, too. I know. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, Agitators Anonymous. We got to break into that one. Well, first of all, we have to have Alan. If you're listening, Alan, you got to get on our. Didn't we ask him to do this or not? I think we I forgot. Don't think so. No, we. Another, we asked the other Alan. He would. Yeah, no, the other Alan. Yeah, but Alan <laughs> Nemethega would would definitely come on here. I think he, he'd have. A, in fact, he likes to shoot the shit and be silly. You know, he, definitely, definitely. I think that would be cool. Uh, and we should. 
I wish we could like bust into his podcast out of nowhere, hijack it, you know, zoom jacket. Yeah, zoom jack his, <laughs> yeah, 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 literally <laughs> jack into his yeah, uh, into his <laughs> podcast. He would appreciate that, I think. Yeah, but yeah, Death Dealer. One of those um, scary black metal guys that that people are like, ooh, Alan Everall. He's got like this serious profile, and then if you actually know the guy, it's like, yeah, we kept don't play down his black metalness, silly man. boy. <laughs> no, he's super. <laughs> he's super scary. <laughs> He's very he's very terrifying in person. He's actually just a just a uh, he's very a terrifying. Happy, happy Irishman who he's we've shared many uh, toilets, oh, horrible the toilets and 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 uh, quite uh, exhausting, brutal experiences of travel and oh my god, uh, definitely a cool dude. His old house is where we had those wonderful experiences of oh god attempting to sleep while the guys from. What was the band? Oh, uh, old um, season, but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, the guy from old, old season. Old season, but yeah, he had other, there are other bands that he was that those guys were involved in. Um, the, the names are escaping me right now. Old season's still around. Yeah, um, uh, that we would try to uh, stay at Alan's house, right? That was Alan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were trying to sleep. Yeah, trying to sleep in Dublin at Alan's house, and those guys would be, um, literally, we had to. We at one point we had to barricade the living room. Because they were trying to get in from every part the window, the door, anything. They wanted to party, to man. To blast our own records all night, uh, starting at like 3 a.m. when we had to get on a plane to somewhere else at like 9 a.m. or something like that. But all, I'll never forget when we got up in the morning. I think the first time we did that, we got up in the morning and it was like seeing the aftermath of a, of a battle, of a war. I mean, there were like, pa- do you remember that? There were passed oh, out guys. Yeah, people were passed out in the in kitchen. In every doorway. And in the, the, you couldn't get into the, the uh, you had to walk over one of those guys to get in the bathroom because his body was completely and totally comatose. And then Angelo was trying to take Jameson a shower. And hash balls all over the floor. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely insane. And Angelo gets up and he's like, oh, I need to take a shower. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just like, uh, that was insane. That was, that was impossible. That was with John Cobbett, right? That was it, it, yeah. it was, yeah. The first time we were on the... And Jim Mack was there, too, somehow. Wasn't he? Were you there when that happened? I was there. Didn't Jim Mack show up once? And he slept on a chair there, and Rich wasn't... Walker wasn't happy about it, yeah. I do not recall. Yeah, I think, I think he did. He slept in that I house. Did I did not have relations with He came to the woman. Dublin show, and then he came with us back to Alan Averill's. Anyway. Oh, what a wreckage that was, but it was great. It was great fun hanging Total out wreckage. with the, the Dubliners. Um, so anyway, he does a podcast. I don't know how we got onto that. Scary black metal guys? I don't know. Uh, um, Ross the Boss. What was the connection there? I don't know. About a podcast being done by... Podcasting. Having Yeah, podcasting. Yeah. That's what we're doing, yeah. Anyway. Right, episode 19. So, I can't yeah, believe so that was, 19 uh, episodes. Boss, eh? So are we going to do some hot licks here? No, no. <laughs> Uh, ever since, you know, I mean, I, 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 uh, I guess it's a testament to the greatness of Eddie Van Halen that I think this is a true of a lot of guitar players too. I have not in any way accepted. I've been yeah I've been playing guitar at home and and uh, still uh, all over those damn YouTube uh, live Van Halen clips. Some of which are There's so much of those. Are you still trying to do the hop for teacher? 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go home and learn that. I thought you were gonna go home and learn that. No, I didn't go home and learn that. Screw you. No, I got I got less obsessed with Hot for Teacher and got into just some live stuff where he was doing his you know his little solo thing. That kind of crap. Not exactly that. I did watch the um, Us Festival Van Halen thing the other night, and uh, it was a... Yeah, I know, it's It wasn't Not horrible, but it wasn't... For them to be headlining that thing... Yeah, when when the Scorpions just... Quiet Riot kicked their ass. <laughs> they Quiet Riot played first. Yeah, no, they weren't dead. I thought Quiet, Quiet Riot played pretty good. They played um, Slick Black Cadillac. Which I think is a cool tune. That was a good, yeah, I remember having that record. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of that stuff. And then, um, but yeah, to have for Van Halen to be headlining that that day when all these other, you know, Ozzy with Jakey e. Lee, um, you know, Scorpions, yeah, uh, Quiet well, Riot, they're on their way up for Motley sure. Crue. They didn't know, exactly, yeah, like. The they didn't top it off. It wasn't a barnstormer, no. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not Maybe a barnstormer. It had to be there, but I think every one of those things that there ever, like those Monsters of Rock or Us Festival, when I was a kid and I knew people who went to those every time, and I, I was like, kind of blown away by this every time they come back going, oh, Scorpions took it. They, they stole yeah. the show, they killed everybody. And I was like, Scorpions? I mean, I liked the Scorpions as a, you know, I had. You know, uh, um, love for Sting, Blackout, whatever. And I thought it was cool, but I wasn't like, you know, the Scorpions are the best band in the world. And hell no. But as far as live shows go, everybody came back. It's true. Always. Yeah, you've heard that too? Yeah. Well, I was there. I went to that Monsters of Rock oh, when okay, it was, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. although Van Halen and it was Metallica. Van, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, it was Metallica, Dokken. Yeah, everybody came back from that. Scorpions took it. And all these people were not, like, they, the Scorpions were not their favorite band. It was always right. Metallica or Van Halen or whatever. But they came back saying, no question about it, Scorpions just blew everyone away. And yeah, and Metallica was yeah. awesome. They were. Yeah, but, but the Scorpions, Scorpions came ass. out and just, they were, because they had the whole show. You know, Metallica yeah. had like the yeah. craziness and the intensity. And they stared, they just, you know, just stood there. But yeah, the Scorpions yeah. had, they, they had the intensity. The yeah, they yeah. had the songs. They had the yeah, sing-along. Yeah. You know, Klaus going, come on, I want to hear you. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, California. Everyone seemed to think, oh yeah, you were at that. Yeah. Everyone seemed to think that regardless of what kind of music they were into, the thing is people were going to see Metallica, who are these hardcore, you know, speed metal fans or even people who like hardcore punk and or who were into whatever. They just they came back being blown away by the Scorpions. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even back then yeah. the same same with yeah, me. I yeah. mean, I I had what? I had I had Blackout, you know. I I had Blackout and uh, I had Blackout and Worldwide Live. Those are the albums that I had from Scorpions, and I didn't um, I didn't get into the earlier stuff until way later, man. I was like, I was probably in my thirties. I was probably in my thirties when I started getting into my late twenties, early thirties. I got more like yeah, but I didn't hear the Uli Ross stuff till I was in my twenties. Uh, in my teenage, as a teenager, when Love at First Sting came out, I got it. 
Uh, on a cassette, and then you know I got hey. into some other things, but I didn't buy a bunch of their records. I didn't, but Worldwide Live was, you know, I was yeah. I mean, I was buying the stuff that was coming out. I didn't buy any yeah. of the earlier stuff. And then it, I was like 22 or 21 or something, and someone mentioned Uli Roth to me, and I was like, Uli Roth, who the hell is that? And then I learned because some people, well, there was a guy, Stu Kane, was in Slaufeg, and he was English, so you know anybody from any part of uh, Europe would, would would know about that. Who was a little bit? He was maybe three years older than me. Uh, would know who Uli Roth was, but a lot of American, you know, hard yeah, rockers had no idea who he was. Totally passed over. But my I started head. with a cassette tape that had a couple of songs from In In Trance or or uh, uh, Fly to the Rainbow or something like Life Is a River and some stuff. And I was like, oh, that guy's pretty good, but I still wasn't sold on it until I heard other stuff like Steam Rock Fever, and then I heard Uli Solo stuff a couple of years later in my mid twenties, and I was like, whoa. Yes, yeah, so I was in my crazy. late twenties, and I um, I was at a record store, and I found a copy of Lonesome Crow. Oh, well, yeah, and I was like, I was like, whoa, like this is a Scorpions album? Like what the hell? Like this is you know, and it was like five dollars or whatever. So I bought it and I took it home, and I was like, this is totally not what I know to be Scorpions. And that kind of sent me down the path on the uh, the early Scorpions records was just that album and, and you know, going like, whoa, this is like probably 1970 or something, Lonesome Crow came out. I don't know. I don't know what year exactly it came out. But... Uh, yeah, it was it was early seventies. Lonesome Crow came out, but like I said, you know, I, I I didn't I had no idea. I was as far as I was concerned, Blackout was their first album. You know, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> see, yeah, I was a, I was really ignorant too. I was, in the eighties, I didn't realize that the Scorpions had this whole history. Uh, in the, I thought maybe they came around the late seventies or something like that. And but this is this is really a, a shameful thing to admit, but. Until I was a, you know, when I was like 13, 14, 15, 16, I didn't know that Judas Priest had a whole 70s catalog. I, I knew that they existed in the 70s, but I didn't know about the early 70s stuff. Like, I just knew, you know, the earliest I ever had heard back was like Unleashed in the East or Hellbent for Leather. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. I guess they they put out uh, you know they put out some stuff in the very late seventies, nineteen eighty, and then they got in Judas Priest, yeah. And then someone when I was around eighteen, someone played you know that greatest hits album they have. I guess it's best of Judas Priest with those like robotic, weird. Oh yeah, guys. I yeah. have that. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that when I was I think I was eighteen, and I, and I was like, whoa, this is a whole different band. It's a whole different sound. It's completely awesome, you know. And then I was like, oh, they've been around since like way back like i mean as far as records go what rock and roll was 73 well that's the thing i i knew priests had been around for a long time because growing up in la there was a bunch of people who had uh british steel t-shirts and rock and roll t-shirts okay rock and roll but they had like that was all i I knew about british steel because it was not i knew about the the record because it was 1980 and and, but i didn't know they went yeah i didn't know about rock and roll well that's like i said i I would see people wearing the t-shirts like rock and roll t-shirts and i was like oh that's that's just priest um, well, I just, I knew there was a back catalog, but I didn't really, you know, as far as I was concerned, Screaming for Vengeance was the first Judas Priest record for me. Right, so it was kind of like me. It was kind of like you didn't know how far back they went. Right, but then, but like I said, there was so much imagery, and, and, and they had been around for so long, I knew there was a back catalog, you know, but I didn't explore it until way later. 
Painkiller came out, and I was like, I gotta listen to more of this older stuff. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't accepting of Painkiller when I heard just the song when I was at, but then I got the record and I loved it. But seventies metal, or we when we were teenagers, we didn't know enough about well, it besides Black um, Sabbath, of course. Let's listen to this CD I got here. Uh, oh, some label mates CDs. of ours. What's all these CDs? Compact man. disc, digital Compact audio, disc, 16 man. bits. I want to hear Tony McAlpine, wow. man. I want to hear some Van de Graaff Generator, man. Put on some Marillion, man. I want to hear some, like... Van de Graaff Generator? <laughs> <laughs> I have some of that stuff, but it takes... You got to really sit know, down and listen to it. It's not... Um, you never listened to Marillion? Uh, I have listened Prague. to Marillion. There's a band... Yes. That it seems like they should have been around since 1970, but they weren't. Yeah. They, they, came, they did come around, I believe, in the late 70s, you know, I, I, or maybe even 1980. Mm, I don't know. I don't know much about Marillion, anyway. I don't know, yeah. but, but I, I do know they, a little bit yeah. about Vandergraaf Generator. Well, yeah, they were, yeah. And it, yeah, takes, yeah, yeah. it takes some time. Oh, no, I know. It's I know. not, it's not something that's easily digestible. That's for sure. So we're gonna listen to some of our label mates from Cruz del Sur. This is a uh, it's a band called Vultures Vengeance. This yeah. is uh, some pretty cool stuff. Um, I think we're gonna listen to the track two, which is the song that I think is cool. It's called uh, Fates something. Nuclear Fate. Fates Weaver. This is uh, Vulture's Vengeance. The uh, CD is called The The King Force. (laughs) And this is on Cruz del Sur Records. Like I said, these are our label mates. Let's see uh, if I can uh, find a catalog number here. It says catalog number is GOH40. GOH40. So, which is... um, which is weird, considering that I think most of the Cruz del Sur catalog numbers uh, start with the CDS. I think this came out uh, a couple of years ago. I don't really see a, a year on it. Oh, 2018, this album came out. This was called Fate's Weaver. This is Vulture's Vengeance.
Some Saxon. Good stuff there. That's um. Other band that you well go ahead and talk about. That's off of yeah. It's off. What's the serial number, man? It's off of Power and the Glory. Um, looks like the name of the label is Career. C A R R E R E. Looks like um. Saxon did a record on Career. Yeah. Uh, did a career records. <laughs> career records. Career. Yeah. The um, was that for when metal bands get old and. I, I guess. What, um, how old? What, yeah. yeah what? This is not that old. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound that old. I, I they certainly know. have a career. I mean. Catalog number CA six eight one. Song was called Warrior. Have you ever been a big Saxon fan? I haven't. I don't dislike them. I just don't. I just sort of. You know, I have a couple of their records. I I I listen to them once in a while. Same here. I don't really. Yeah, I have like Wheels of Steel, and I had that. That was about it, I think. This was 1983. Oh, okay. No, Power and the Glory. 1983. Yeah, I have Wheels of Steel was before that, I think. I think. Produced and engineered by Jeff Glixman. Okay. Um, My songs written by Saxon. I just never really. Thought like, oh yeah, Saxon. I remember hear they were huge in the early '80s. I remember hearing the name all the time in the very early '80s. Saxon, Saxon. You know, you hear it. You'd see pins everywhere and and patches and all. I that. had a I had a white T-shirt that just said oh, Saxon across cool. it. Yeah, I mean, it's a great name, of course. And I just remember hearing it when I was a a, a teenager in the early '80s, thinking, you know, Saxon. You always hear about it. You think it's oh, it must be cool. It's one of those things that you hear about, like like Keel. You know, I was heard Ron Keel, yeah. yeah. You always see like Keel pins, but it's one of those bands you don't hear a lot of kids. Or at where I was, nobody I knew actually had a Saxon album. They just talked about it. You know, they, people talked really? about it. Yeah, I mean, the metal community where I was growing up, you know, this is, you know, a college town in Pennsylvania wasn't exactly like, you know, we didn't get a lot of uh, uh, records there. It wasn't like you could get any metal record in the store. It was, you had to, the big popular ones like Quiet Riot and Def Leppard, but you, you couldn't find. A lot of stuff, that you, especially hardcore and punk, you couldn't find. But also, it wasn't like we had every metal record that came out there, you know. Penn State students in the early 80s didn't listen to a lot of metal, I don't think. Uh, maybe they they got into Dio in the, in the mid-80s. But, yeah, probably the mainstream but, stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so, uh, Saxon was something I'd seen. But I was always going to this uh, record, National Record Mart. That was the name of the store that we had there. And uh, there were a couple record stores, actually, where I'd buy t-shirts and and pins and patches and all that whatever i could find really that was metal in any way uh but there always be pins that said saxon on them and i knew about saxon but i never really heard much saxon until later yeah and then when i did i was kind of like eh, hard rock it's all right never got freaky into it denim and leather is the one everybody talked about denim and leather, denim yeah. And leather yeah and then when i finally heard the song i was kind of like underwhelmed to be honest with you yeah, I think that was more Denim like mid eighties. Go good together, or go complement each other well, or whatever the hell he says. <laughs> Denim and leather complement each other well. <laughs> they complement each other well. That was that was what Biff Byford was thinking, or whoever wrote that. But all right, so uh, so a we lot of white leather in that band at one point though. One of those guys. Bass we listen to some records. We listen to some CDs. We listen to some compilations. We uh, we had the uh, the unknown uh, name that tune segment, but uh, now we're going to go back to more heavy metal unboxing. We uh, got a package here. Looks like uh, it's from Angus Angus slash Hessian slash Lurker what? from uh, Portland, Maine. 
what Portland, Maine? Yeah, it's from Portland, Maine. That's Angus, Hessian, and Lurker. Sulker. Lurker. Sul- Lurker. Lurker. Okay. Lurker. Is that three of them? Three guys or three people? Uh, uh, yeah, it's three guys. They make up a power trio. The Lurker <laughs> is Ang- one of them. <laughs> Angus and Hessian and Lurker. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's three guys. I don't know if it's one guy. Lurking but, um, is a pretty interesting concept, really, when you think about it. Like, Lurking or stalking? Lurking. Well, stalking is, is uh, uh, unfortunately, is also an interesting concept. But lurking, I find to be one of those things that y- you often wonder whether you're lurking sometimes. Because, I mean, you can sort of lurk, right? Uh, you certainly can do it and you can be aware of it, right? But then sometimes I think you lurk without knowing it. It's not really in, you know, it's sort of in the eye of the beholder, as they say. Lurking is the Lurking is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, because, you know... Have you lurked recently? You probably um, have, right? No, I'm always moving. I don't stop to lurk. Oh, wait. Lurking is a type of movement. Yeah, lurking lurk- is not something you do sitting still. I mean, it's a... I thought lurking is like sitting in the shadow watching. Well, like okay, okay. I will... No, but lurking means sort of... When I think of lurking, I think of somebody... This is interesting. I think of somebody not stationary, but someone who's slowly moving as to not be seen, perhaps... You but uh, I guess you could lurk. You mean like a... Is that lurking? Is that lurking? What do you mean that's supposed to describe that? That's yeah. That series of notes is supposed to bring up images of lurking. Uh, yeah. No, I think it's more insidious than that. Lurking is oh. a, a little more minor, a little more creepy. Like perhaps if you ever play... Um, I don't know if you ever have, but you know... you. Uh, uh, a song, one of our songs, um, Troll Pack. That's certainly a lurking riff. Doesn't that sound like someone lurking? Yeah, if you, well, yeah. It's sort of a lurking. Yeah, I mean, like, sort of. Yeah, that could, that, that could. The lurking fear. I mean, that's like the lurk, you know, it's sort of under the surface. You don't really know it's there necessarily, but it's. Gnawing you know, on flesh, crushing on yeah, bones? Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose you could, yeah. Uh, I mean, um, a troll would lurk under a bridge if you consult certain fairy tales, right? Yes, the troll would lurk. The three, Is the troll the three, in motion? The three Billy Goats gruff, uh, right? Is you the troll in motion while he's lurking? Is that a troll? The Billy Goats? Yeah, the three Billy Goats grew up. You're aware of that fairy tale? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that. My trolls. brother will come back, and he's much bigger than me, you know. As a troll, it's under the bridge. Anyway, uh, lurking is, is, is. So Lurker sent you this, anyway. We'll talk about lurking yeah, later. I, I'm pretty uh, fascinated oh, this by is lurking. A bunch of cool stuff. Uh, you there's can a, lurk there's, behind There's things. a letter. Look at this. Lurk um, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> lurk behind you. This uh, says here um, Hi, Mike and Adrian. My name is Angus McFarland, and I play in the band Hessian from Portland, Maine. Oh, so and he makes oh Lurker is the magazine. He makes Lurker magazine. Oh cool! Is it actually a oh he a played paper? With, he played with us at Frost and Fire. Oh, is it a paper paper zine? Yeah, it's a magazine right here. Like Hessian, yeah, Hessian played at Frost and Fire, right? Check oh, out, check cool. out this magazine. Let me see that. Yeah. Okay, this is great. When when people do this these days, it's really nice. This is oh my god. It's a really nice magazine. No, this is not. This is not like a zine. You know, like a, like lurker. A no, this is like a nice. So uh, lurker. Glossy, Here we go. Glossy magazine. We're, we're lurking, man. Yeah, lurker magazine. Check it out. So it looks like uh, we played with this guy at Frost, yeah, so Frost and got, Fire. Um, got, anyway, Issue number two of Lurker, Spring 2020. Has stars, <laughs> Dungeon and Siege West. <laughs> oh my God. Body, strange eons. There's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff going on here. <laughs> Fall of. Roros <laughs> immolation. 
don't remember immolation. I don't remember that. Mike, he, this guy says that. Oh, no. Oh, no. What, what he, say? he says that when um, I guess he was talking to you or something, no, no, and you said that their band sounded like a dick knot. I did. Yeah, you said that their band sounds like a dick knot, which apparently is four dicks tied in a knot. Yeah, a dick. Well, it's. And he wasn't sure if it means that you like the band or if you just I like dicks. I don't remember. I, I've used the term dick knot a few times, meaning that like there's a lot of gut, like sort of a sausage fest type arrangement, you know. You know what I mean? Like he a, says he wants to do a, 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 a piece in the next issue of Lurker. I mean, what did he call and say, hey, what'd you think of it, man? I said it sounds like a dick knot or something. Yeah, hey, what'd you think of our band? I think I probably liked it. <laughs> it sounds like a dick knot. I, I usually don't say anything if I didn't, or well, who knows. <laughs> it sounds so like a di- I don't think that's what I said. He wasn't sure. I think I, I pr- I'm sure I said it, but I bet there was a context <laughs> issue there. I'm sure we were talking <laughs> about like, con- we were like. The context of Frost all, and Fire. I really doubt that all I said was. Sounds like a dick knot. That might have been. It sounds like something you would do. No, I would say it, but I would probably say more. I'm not one to be. I'm not one to. Uh, to, to so to this this lurker magazine um, says he covers. To call something a dick knot, they cover heavy music and tabletop gaming. Apparently, he got something out of it. Oh look, this table. This is dude. This is like some sort of Lovecraftian game or something. This magazine contains. It, ha- it has a game in it. Well, it's got what appears to be not a- not maybe not for a- aliens or something. Okay, this is well. What is it? Does it look like a game to you? It looks like a game to me. Look, check check this out, Adrian. I'm I'm showing. Uh, yeah, that's some kind of game. Those are some kind of chits, chits, Adrian, chits, game pieces. These are game pieces. So right here it is. It's uh, this is look at these. Oh my God, look at those pigmen. This is incredible. Look. So this is called the house, the house on the borderland. This guy, oh my God, this guy's all over the place. Keep on the Borderland was a very was the most the famous introductory module to Dungeons and Dragons basic set. So that must be issue number well, two. I would know that, yeah. That's but issue number the two. How, the house on the Borderland seems to be some sort of horror uh, arrangement here. Uh, game looks very Lovecraftian. Um, oh yeah, phase two, swine creatures advance. Dude, we gotta play this. We gotta play this on the air. I'm an old man. I live here in this ancient house surrounded by huge, unkempt gardens. Uh, the peasantry who inhabit the wilderness beyond say that I am mad. This is because I will have nothing to do with them. I'll have nothing to do with you. Uh, I live here alone with my old sister. Older sister? Old, old sister. My uh, old who sister. Is also, my housekeeper. Oh, that's that's some serious male uh, mas- toxic masculinity going on here. Uh, we keep no servants. I hate them, except for my sister, of course. Uh, I have one friend, a dog. Yes, I would sooner have old Pepper than the rest of creation. Although this is such Lovecraft stuff. Uh, oh, Pepper. He at least understands Pepper me. the dog. No one understands me, and has enough, uh, and has sense enough to leave me alone while I'm in my dark mo- in one of my dark moods. I've decided to start a kind of diary. Uh, it may enable me to record some of my th- some of the thoughts and feelings that I cannot express to anyone. Wait, anybody in person, I suppose, is what he means. Because in the diary, you can't express them. Uh, but beyond this, I am anxious to make some record of the strange things that I have heard and seen during many years of loneliness in this weird old building that is tantamount to the soundtrack of a dick knot. Uh, um, <laughs> the soundtrack of a dick knot, meaning I suppose. No, I'm not gonna. Dis- I'm not gonna make that. I'm not gonna repeat the description that, that is given there. Uh, 
because it's just too. This is a this is so this, it looks this like is a family program here. You have issue number two, yeah. and then I have issue so number one. Is, is oh great is all about is is a zine about uh, bands, but it's very nicely put together. It's a beautiful. But it comes with a role play or, or some sort of board game or role playing game of the house on the borderland. Now I am fascinated by this. That's issue am, number two, and then I issue number one comes with a split seven the inch characters on the same hex as the, another character. It's just a sort of a role playing game. This is really this is we have to we have to really. Thank these people, and I mean that in all sincerity, uh, for providing us with these wonderful gifts of music and games and chits. If anybody know what chits doesn't know what chits are, they are uh, 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 usually cardboard uh, squares, game pieces that you use in uh, war games and that kind of thing. And there appear to be some form of chit here, unless I'm, unless this, unless you're not supposed to cut these things up. Uh, I would say, yeah, you this guy's a real. Should. This guy's a real cut up. This guy, yeah, he's really cutting it up. He's cutting it up. Yeah. Uh, whatever his <coughs> name is, um, you just said his name. Um, Angus. Angus is a real cut up. Thank yeah. you, Angus, from Portland, Maine. Okay, well, May, he's from Maine, so of course it's Lovecraftian. I didn't even think of that yet. I didn't even think of that connection. It's so a black and white magazine, which door. is oh, very. Oh, I hear the chits right here. Look, oh, dude, look at this. This is this is great. There's like some guy that looks like Poe and. Some weird pig pigmen. Look at look at that pigmalion pigmen. Yeah. We gotta play this game, whatever it is, however you do it. You know, so I'm sure we can so you out. take it home and figure out I how will, to play it. I will. We'll play it on the air and with Alan. You with, when Alan comes next week. Oh, totally. And we we'll have Alan Nethamethanethic uh, call, call in and play with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it looks like um, the issue the uh, issue number one. We'll is get a all Ouija board and out white. and we'll talk to um, Jeff Hanneman from Beyond the Grave. How about that? You want to do that? Okay. Yeah, Ouija board scared me. Okay, all right, all right. Just scared Ouija you. Ouija know? board. Isn't Looks like it's got record reviews. I think it's, there is. Isn't it? It's got record reviews in it. It's got tabletop this gaming tips. Really like. This oh, is right up our alley, man. It's right up your alley. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure if Angus were here, he'd go right up your alley. Boom. He'd be right up your alley. He'd yeah. tie you up in a dick knot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, he'd lurk right up your alley. <laughs> stay, he'd stay there, <laughs> stationary. He wouldn't move. Yeah. Anyway, um, so okay, so issue number one comes with a seven-inch. Uh, Ron Romeo on stage. With no, that's uh, not the seven-inch. The seven-inch is Cromwell. Dom. There's some guy named Dom Romeo in this. Movie. Cromwell and Cond, K H A N D. Let's listen to this seven-inch, and okay. we're gonna. I think. I, I mean, this while is we're listening, quarantine stuff. I'm it is. We're, while we're listening to this seven-inch, Mike and I are gonna look more into this Lurker magazine and uh, come up with some juicy details. Fantastic. Is there is there a record? To this it? is Cromwell just a, just and Cond.
That was definitely gamer music. Lurker magazine, man. This is like the coolest thing that uh, I've seen in a while. We just listened to the seven inch that came with issue number one. The um, first side there was uh, Cromwell, a song called The Purple Worm. The one we just listened to, um, second one there was from a band called Khand, K-H-A-N-D. The song was called The Sorceress Queen. There is no catalog number on this 7-inch, oh. oh, but it comes... I know there's no the catalog number. We don't play it. Maybe. It's on it's on the Lurker magazine label, and uh, I mean that's the greatest thing ever when you get a uh, a cool magazine that has heavy metal reviews and uh, gaming. and yeah. gaming reviews. Yeah. And it has a seven inch in the back of it. Very cool. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, the, the only thing better than that is uh, doing a zine that has. Uh, reviews of other zines and <laughs> and of um like uh amish food products which in being in pennsylvania growing up in pennsylvania so what are uh, amish food products well, besides like cheese and scrapple is not only oh, amish scrapple? well it's pennsylvania oh. dutch food it's it's not just it's it's you know scrap you know what scrapple is yeah it's like all mixed up cornmeal and pork uh, uh um the pork stomach right well Every, it's it's uh, mostly cornmeal, but then there's, um, I'm, there's the words are escaping me. Pork. Um, I thought that's the thing where they stuff all pork the pork parts. They, they put know, all the stuff inside the stomach and gristle, then cook the stomach. Pork. Oh well, n- I don't know about that, but there's. I could be wrong. There's definitely guts and things like that in there, but it's very very little of that. It mostly tastes like cornmeal, you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Alan Horrocks, who will be with us hopefully at the next. At episode number twenty, is it going to be? That's going to be episode number uh, twenty. Playing some records and, and yeah. Whatever talking. happened to the he whole Van magazine. Halen episode? Weren't we going to do a Van Halen Chewy. episode? We got to do that later. Yeah, we got to get God we got to get Chewy. By that time, everyone's going to forget about Van. No, Halen. no one's ever going to forget about Van Halen. Anyway, uh, no, we're going to do that because we got to play a bunch of stuff and we got to debut. Okay, whatever. Let's not get ahead of ourselves now. There's things we're going to debut. The new, the new uh, single by the uh, um, the new silent new. the silent assassins. Which is Chewy Marzolo and myself, and uh, a couple other people. Uh, one of which was who's in Hammers and Misfortune on vocals as well as me, uh, Joe Hutton. Anyway, anyway, okay, we're getting way off into tangential land now. <laughs> this uh, just uh, my first tangent was about Alan Horrocks putting out a, a zine in the '80s, where we reviewed other zines and Scrapple products. Um, Scrapple and products. So, di- so I mean, scra- different types of Scrapple. Yeah. We did reviews of different types of indigenous uh, Pencil- bran- central is Pennsylvania is food. Is there brands Quaker of Scrapple? Or, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like a... Meadows and oh, some of the other ones that I remember. Oh, that sounds gnarly, It was fantastic. We had, to, we had to try them all and grill them up in different ways, and it was really great. Yeah. So you, you put it in a pan and just warm it up? Is well, that it depends on how you, you fry it, uh, but there's other ways you can do it, too. You put it on a barbecue? You could. I never, could I've never done that. No, no. But there was a place, a diner we used to go to that had Scrapple. You go there, you know, after the bar or the party or whatever, late at night, you know, when you're all toasty and you, you get a Scrapple sandwich or Scrapple and eggs or whatever it was. And really? And you go review them in the uh, Alien Mating Season fanzine, you know. 
It's alien a great, great mating thing. season. Yeah. That was yeah, the name. Was like 1988, 89. Wow. Anyway, and we didn't we didn't do a music zine. We did a, a humor and scrapple zine. I mean, basically, we also talked about grits in there sometimes. Also, we were into like any kind of like southern or Pennsylvania Dutch food that we could. That's cool that, that you guys review. put food yeah. into the zine. <laughs> it was just a, a, any of the zines I've ever done. We never had food. Well, we were coming out of Central PA, so we thought, well, we should we should do something sort of down homeish. Uh, uh, you know, so <laughs> I like that Amish cheese, man. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a lot of good Amish food, yeah. Well, and, and when we toured Pennsylvania, you know, we went there. did and you get fudge. the chance to eat any of that stuff? Or? I had the cheese, I had the fudge. You just went through one of the, yeah, we went through like Lancaster and those areas, yeah, and, yeah. and Reading, some of the areas I grew up in, and and uh, and, uh, and I guess sampled some of the food. I don't remember exactly what happened. That's when I, that's Dutch when, Wonderland, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when you turned me on to Dutch, Dutch Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah. I watch all their videos on YouTube really? and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna go there one I day. I went there when I was a little kid. I'm like, yeah, Dutch I want to go there one day so bad. Yeah. Why, why are there so many amusement parks in Pennsylvania? I don't. That is a good question. Pennsylvania has like I know. fourteen. Hershey Park park and, and Dutch ton, Wonderland there's and like uh, there's a bunch of, of there's a bunch of them. You're right. I, so I never many. really uh, got an answer to. That. I never thought about it. Really. Yeah. For my fifty first birthday, that's what I want to do. Your fifty first birthday. I want to go to Pennsylvania. Your fiftieth, you're going to be quarantined or something. Uh, right? For my fiftieth birthday, I'm going to go to uh, the Galapagos Islands and go scuba well, diving. Let's hope that we're ready to do that by then. Yeah. I still got two years. Yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. yeah. Um, you want to go to Dutch Wonderland for my fifty first birthday? <laughs> I want to go to. Dutch For anybody Wonderland. who's listening, Dutch Wonderland is between Philly. In fact, it's not too far outside of. Philly, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's in that sort of the, that whole area of of central uh, eastern central eastern uh, Pennsylvania is very uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. And uh, my father, who's 100% Italian, did grow up in that area. And although he and his whole family lived in a very Italian uh, factory town called Reading, PA, which is a pretty dismal place, but but. Uh, no offense, Reading, uh, Reading residents, but, but uh, even Reading out there. Here's the interesting part: is is, is, is is it's the pretzel capital of the country because it's Pennsylvania Dutch, Philadelphia, and Reading and those areas. So I grew up with all these pretzels, pretzels everywhere. And now and you it, make Italians, pretzels, yeah. <laughs> and these damn Italians, like my family, there's there's tons and tons of Italians in that area. But when you get far enough out of Philly, uh, west of Philly, right, uh, to like Reading and some of these places, you have these Italian people who speak with somewhat uh, Pennsylvania Dutch accents. Whoa. My father grew up that way. Uh, he has sort of an East Coast accent, but it's sort of peppered with Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, he almost sounds Amish some of the times, and some of the things. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. How do you? How do Probably you? Probably the most. How do you mimic a, a well, Pennsylvania I, I, Dutch I, I, accent? Well, I, I, fuck you, fuck you, know your kind. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. He didn't talk Sounds like great. that. Great. See an old Italian guy talking. No, he didn't. Uh, but but uh, mostly it just sounds like a, an East Coast Italian. But these things come in like well from that area, from the Philadelphia area, especially the western side. There, um, everyone says water instead of water. 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 Does that sound East Coast to you? I don't think so. Oh, interesting. Water. Go to the go get some water. That's kind of a Pennsylvania Dutch affectation there. Wow. So there's a lot of Germans there too, obviously for that you know because of that. So. Um, anyway, whatever. That's where Dutch Wonderland is, and that's yeah, why it's yeah. called oh, Dutch man, Wonderland. They've got some good yeah, roller yeah, coasters. Yeah. They've yeah, got a yeah. little miniature train that goes around yeah, the park. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, I went there, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah, I watched the yeah. videos on YouTube. I want to go there. You really want to go? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, for my 50 Well, birthday. I'll have to go back. Um, anyway, what are we? What, what's going on with Lurker or whatever? Well, or now something? we're going to continue. This is the band that Andy um, plays in. He plays guitar, vocals, Andy? and keyboards. Angus. Angus. 
Angus Andy. McFarland. Yes, Angus sent McFarland. Us wonderful from package. From Portland, Maine. From Portland, Maine. Sent us this wonderful package. He's in the band called Hessian. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, record called Mercenary Retrograde. I mercenary retrograde. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I am. I, I love all the Lovecraftian content of uh, of this magazine and of the game that comes along with it, and probably some of this music. And you know, I'm sure it's not coincidental that from Portland, Maine, because uh, everything uh, gothic and horror in this country seems to be associated with New England. Um, of yeah, course, H.P. Lovecraft's from uh, Providence, Rhode name. Island, as well. But Oh, no, no serial, no uh, catalog number, no serial number. Oh, here's the catalog. So the um, BFA006 is the catalog number, but the uh, font is so small on the spine, I would definitely need some uh, a magnifying glass to read this. Maybe it's time I go to the optometrist. Yeah, I, I need to go to the optometrist, but I kind of can't because of the damn COVID. Or I could have, but I missed the window probably now. I don't know if I can. Or yeah, I don't That's know an essential service. What the hell? You know? It's got to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I can't go to the optometrist because I don't have uh, health insurance oh. anymore. Bam. Oh, well, wait. Now you don't have health? Oh, because of. Yeah, I got laid off. Well, yeah, I know. But what about what about uh, Cobra or whatever? Cobra costs Black too much. Black Forest Cobra. Well, you got to get an Obamacare there, yeah, kid. Yeah, I get do. another job or something. Yeah. I do. But in, before I don't until have insurance either, but I have a certificate that... Uh, but until I for, get uh, on to the Obamacare... Warbly Parker? Or until I get health insurance, I'm going to listen to some Hessian to tide me over. Oh, I hope I hope you don't uh, get the... This one's called I Wish I Was I Dead. you don't get the... Uh, in, the in the words of uh, Don Trump Jr., I hope you don't get the Rona...
the break there, or that during that song, which was quite awesome. Uh, we were talking about sexual harassment training, which we've had to go through for our respective jobs. <laughs> um, no, I had to do an hour hour it's video true. and test today. Yeah, uh, state employee. I, I never think of myself as a state employee, but um, community colleges. Community college. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a. Uh, College financed I mean, the by money the comes down from the state. California it's, fi it's financed College. by the state, but I always think of myself as their the districts are municipal or not municipal, but they're they're in, in uh, they're subsidized counties. You know? Yeah, they're so, subsidized. So it's by, yeah, so oh, they're subsidized completely. They're subsidized, but they're not. The state pays more than yeah. The, anyway, the state yeah. pays for the, all yeah. of the everything. They they pay for more than the individual student does. But yeah, sexual harassment training. Yeah, did, yeah, you sexual harassment did you win? Did you win? Yeah, I won. Yeah, yeah, you did win. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means um, everything is all right now. Well, it means that. That means you're feeling nice and relaxed. What? Wait. <laughs> I didn't know. It wasn't a court case. It was a training uh, thing. So <laughs> oh, to okay. make sure you don't. <laughs> training you don't for the say any sexual innuendos while you're training. While you're training for the real thing. Yeah, training for the real deal. So <laughs> they can send you into the into Ain't the nothing field. Nothing like the to, real uh, thing, baby. To anyway, um, well, it's, it was a. So Hessian. Anyway, um, Hessian. Uh, that was Hessian. We listened to two songs. But I don't under. I, yeah, go that ahead. was "I Wish I Was Dead" and "Skull Ring." I really, uh, I dig on homie's bass playing, uh, Mike Pierce. His uh, his bass playing is pretty cool, man. He's like, no, I like the bass playing, and uh, I it's put together well. I like I liked what we heard quite a bit. Um, Witchfinder General, I kept thinking of, but then uh, I don't know if. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what they were going for. Do you still think what? it sounds like a dick knot? No, yeah, well, that's no, that's I was, I was going to talk about that. I think I've decided that that would be sexual harassment, so we can't really oh. get into that. You know, sexual uh, harassment or sexual inclusion? Well, it's definitely definitely an innuendo um, of some sort. Uh, although I'm not, it's sexual inclusion, maybe. See, that's the problem. Inclusion. We don't, we don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know where to. There's so many landmines out there. You yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like. You know, um, did you say uh, it as a joke or did well, you no, mean it? Well, no, I think it? you know when when you're you know and you got to keep it professional there. And but uh, yeah, it's it can be tough. Uh, but but with this with the dick knot thing, um, yeah, I don't know where that crosses into heavy metal. That is, but but the the dick knot thing, I I don't get any. I don't get that out of what I just heard. So there must have been some live component, which um, was more evocative in that. Provocative. In that, in that, or eva provocative, evocative in that way. Hmm. What's the difference, Adrian? Evocative versus provocative. Evocative versus provoke prov to provoke something rather than or to evoke. evoke. To evoke, yeah. Mm, evoke is no, when you do it online. The evokes. Evoke. Weren't, they, weren't they like in evoke Star Wars is, or something? Evoke is when yeah. I do it online. Okay. Provoke evoke, is when evoke, I do it in yeah, real provoke, life. Provoke, yeah. Provoke is real no, life. No, evoke, evoke is evocative online. is when it ah oh, it brings up sort of enlightening ideas. I think provocative is more like. Uh, that's actually interesting. That distinction is not entirely distinct in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should come yeah, up with a lesson for out. your yeah, uh, yeah, class. Maybe so, because it's like the infer, imply yeah. uh, distinction is, totally. is 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 something that you have to teach students and. Yeah. Make people you know, write about it. And I don't know why. For me, uh, I've thought about that before. It's this is evocative, provocative, evocative. I feel like provocative is more, is more pro. You know, is more like uh, provocative towards is real life. Is more towards toward yeah towards a certain result i'm not sure though anyway. evocative is more like uh i think a uh, neural type you know you're like what? thinking more about it well Pro no yeah yeah provocative, okay. provocative is more of a physical action, is that what you're saying yeah provocative it provokes you to yeah well provocative provocative seems like it's more like it actually causes action rather than thought or is evocative like hey man you, he oh, was provoking evocative me, so is more of it yeah he was provoking me so i shanked him yeah he's not even no that's for sure in, in that in that use yeah. of the term but i'm talking about when someone says like this is provocative. 
um, that action was provocative that you did. You don't really think of it. And to be to provoke is is slightly is used. Sli- it's the same, obviously, same meaning, but it's used in different ways. In yeah, different I contexts. think you can you can provoke with intent. Okay, good. Yeah, provoking. You can I think provoke has a certain with intent. intent. Whereas to to something that's evocative is not necessarily towards a. It's more a prescribed, natural. A prescribed well, a prescribed uh, result or end. It's not as it, it's not as teleological. Mm. If you want to about talk about teleosemantics and okay. con- cognitive content of teleosemantics, um, teleosemantics. If you're going for a, for a, if you're going for the the metadidactic approach that we started this conversation. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> okay, anyway, um, what were we talking about? Dick Knotts? Wait, uh, we were talking about uh, sexual harassment history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about, the, uh, the, about Dick Knotts. I'm pretty Dick good at sexual harassment. Really? Yeah, 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 I'm pretty good. Okay. <laughs> what do you score? <laughs> or do you score? I score pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Good. okay. I score pretty high. I don't Although know if you want to give examples on this because you might be held... Um, I, w- I don't want to provoke anything. Exactly. Hey, there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this is, I think, Slaufic Radio is evocative. I At hope this it's point. not provocative in certain ways, in, in ways that would be... Yeah, uh, do we have intent? Well, um... I mean, I think our I think intent... We have intent. Our, yes, our intent, intent is to provide content for the universe. Cognitive content. But okay, this is this, Evocative this, this content. is a, with the spiral architecture of this conversation is, is starting <laughs> to become quite apparent. Um, well, let's uh, let's subsidize <laughs> so it. What with do we music. Let's subsidize it? Yeah, let's subsidize your. What'd you, ass. What'd you have over is here? That, you brought some other things to play. Well, right? I, 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 or do you want to hear no, some Tony no, McAlpine? Well, no, wait, now, 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 now. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves now. Um, uh, I think that uh, it would be in order to. Um, to to do yeah we want to hear some Tony McAlpine for sure but I think uh, before that we should do the happy metal uh, power metal um, feature band of the day like like last time oh, we played yeah, yeah, Luca yeah. Torelli's uh, the Ancient Force of Hells I've decided this time of year uh, I tend to uh, get out the uh, old what we called last time Hollywood metal the old power metal um, records and CDs from the late nineties early two thousands because Slaufeg was sh- on labels and in a metal scene that involved this kind of um, rather hideous music called no, back then known as power metal, of course, uh, or Hollywood metal. That is happy, uh, happy Hollywood. metal, and it's a really, a really saccharine, really um, kind of like nauseating genre because there's a lot of really awful stuff that uh, that was done, but but also there's some good stuff and some fun, fun sort of. Kitty sort of uh, uh, Disney sounding soundtrack stuff, uh, and that I mean the ultimate example I think was Luca Torelli we played last time. Just really silly sounding, like you almost want to call it video game music, but it's really just Disney sounding uh, stuff I and think, I think overproduced. It's more like, and I think it's more um, clearly indicative of the genre. Uh, of what? Wait, what? Of what genre? It's like it's like a power metal. Thing. Oh wait, you mean Luca Torelli is? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're saying the genre. I was talking about a genre in general. So the genre is indicative of the genre. Would be a vacuous tautology, Adrian. No, no, I'm saying okay. that the, uh, the 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 band <laughs> Luca Torelli was indicative. Yeah, yeah, indicative of the very genre very much. Yes. Yeah, they are very much going with the, the theme of happy power metal or whatever. Yeah. Now, um, 
Uh, so I decide, but but I do enjoy some of that music, especially this time of year. It's sort of Christmassy. It's sort of, uh, it's sort of I don't know what. It, 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 it's definitely cold weather music. I have to say that, you know. Although it does have certain resem- it does slightly resemble the Beach Boys in some ways, as far as Blind Guardian goes, who mm. were so into that yeah. harmonic style that they actually covered Barbara Ann, I think, on one of their records. Did they the really? Beach Boy song, yeah. I was it Barbara Ann? I think it was. Uh, and they did a hell of a job. Uh, Blind, Blind Guardian is definitely the, probably the best of those bands, and they may transcend that a little bit. I had I have a hard time calling them. They were really good live too, man. They put on a they great were. show. Oh, you saw them live? Yeah, I, I, I saw them at the I Fillmore. It was great. Oh, good. Twice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. No, Blind Guardians is sort of a beyond that genre. They sort of transcend all that because they aren't that happy either. They're they're more like just really epic and yeah, it's great, like operatic you know? and stuff. But well, some of the other stuff is too. But in a really just, like I said, saccharine, a very sugary, almost bubblegum way. There was a lot of power metal, which is bordering on bubblegum. Now, um, uh, now power metal. I was going to talk about the term power metal because when I was a teenager, the term. When I was a teenager, um, uh, power metal. I'm not quite sure what it meant, but it didn't mean that kind of music. It didn't mean that that sort of very sort of Germanic, you know, uh, Luca Trulli, Blind Guardian, whatever. Uh, it, you know, that that's a that's something more new. You know, but. Uh, but the term power metal was bandied about by by metal fans huh. at one point, and I think this is just told just an inaccuracy. But um, when Paul Diano left Iron Maiden, oh. uh, a friend of mine said, "Oh, he was more into power." Now, this is remember this is 1982, I guess. Uh, it, well, he was more into like power metal, so he didn't want to be in Maiden anymore, which I don't think was true at all. But someone said that one of my friends who had read a metal magazine or something, well, he was more into like power metal. So I, said, I said, "What's power metal?" He's like, "Oh." Kind of like, like Motorhead, that kind of thing. Now, I don't think that power metal really meant anything back then, necessarily, and it certainly probably didn't mean Motorhead, but yeah. that term was used to mean something different back in the 80s. Uh, I'd heard the term several times. I don't know what it meant, or hmm. if it meant anything at all. It could have meant like Motorhead, like more raw, like power, pure power stuff, you know, um, or something like maybe something like even Saxon or, or, or uh, 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 um, maybe something as, as early yet European, German, as uh, accept could have been called power metal. I'm not sure. Well, you uh, know, where uh, I came from, there was... there was where you came from? There was... Speed, Pasadena, California? There was speed metal. Oh, no, we're going to get back to that. And then there was yeah. thrash metal. Yeah, yeah. And then there was just, like, regular heavy metal. And there metal. was no speed core. That was on the East Coast. Yeah, no, we no, it, it, speed was, core. it was yeah. speed metal... Uh, yeah, thrash. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, and then death metal. Once Napalm Death came yeah, out, yeah. when Scum came uh, out, then it was yeah, then there was yeah, death yeah. metal. But th- no power metal. Yeah, I we don't know power not, metal. It was not uh, bandied about. Bandied about. Yeah, it's bandied about. So who knows what it meant post uh, pre nineties? I don't know. But what I what I have here is gamma ray, oh. which is again there they sort of transcend the genre too because you have Kai Hansen uh, from uh, Halloween. Uh, actually, well, no. In a way, Halloween was the or, uh, in the late '80s uh, started that that style. Meaning, in the late '80s, they got, or maybe mid '80s, they got into uh, a style that that um, sort of that that whole power metal uh, scene yeah, came would, out of. Uh, yeah, way, I would, yeah, I would agree with Halloween. Was like, yeah, I remember proto. They were proto power metal sort of proto power. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wait, let me see. We have uh, obviously to most metal fans would know that that Kai Hansen left. Um, Halloween and started Gamma Ray, uh, and uh, I got this album because I had heard a couple songs by Gamma Ray, which I actually liked in the late '90s. Um, when I didn't like a lot of that so-called power metal stuff, but I did like this. Uh, but it did have some of that really. So anyway, I, I'm gonna play my my 
my power metal selection for for this show is uh I believe called the Guardians of Mankind and it is very cheesy and very poppy and very uh overdone. Uh but uh you know it it sort of gives you a gives you a pleasure kind of like maybe um seeing uh, a sort of nauseating embarrassing scene from uh, uh, West Side Story or something might uh, give you goosebumps, although you'd be ashamed of yourself, you know. So let's see if that has the same effect on you. Uh, okay, so uh, what record by, is this by on? Gamma World. Uh, that is called... Um, it that's a damn good question. What's the first song called? I don't remember the name of the Beyond record. the Black Hole. No, it's not that. I'll, I'll think of it. It's uh, I don't have the yeah. I don't have the case here. I don't remember what the damn record's called. But Men, Martians, and Machines. Yeah, something like that. Maybe that. I don't. No stranger. I don't know. Just just put it put it on and we'll, we'll listen to. Which track are we gonna listen to here? Somewhere out in space. The Guardians of of Mankind. Oh, the Guardians of Mankind. Yeah, 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 track yeah. number five. That's what we're gonna hear. Yeah. Gamma Ray. Track number five. The Guardians of Mankind. Mr. Kai Hansen. Yeah.
back to back the most cheesy things we've ever played back to back on this on this show. Needless Very to say. appropriate. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah, what the hell? Gar- yeah, so Tony, yeah, say talk about that. Yeah, that was a band called Project Driver. Tony McAlpine, Tommy Aldridge, and Rudy Sarzo. And um, this is totally totally 80s, man. It's like 1986. Uh, big hair. Um, I would not say that's power metal. No, no, no. I would say that's just like straight up 80s metal. But back, so okay, yeah. but back in the eighties, it wasn't back called. In the 80s. Yeah, it wasn't called eighties metal. What was it? No, called? it wasn't. That was that just called. Co- like, that was definitely. That was definitely Hollywood. It was definitely Hollywood. It was hard rock. It was definitely. Um, hot rock. That's what you call it. Hot rock. It was definitely Sunset Strip, yeah. like derivative thing. I you think know, it's hot rock. definitely oh, no. Yeah. Uh, no Motorhead there. That reminds me of no, no Motorhead. That reminds me of was that what was the band with Sammy Hagar and Neil Sean and it was like the the oh the, yeah the yeah yeah Haggis <laughs> or whatever hey 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 Hagar Sean Apathy whatever whatever whoever it was yeah um that's what that reminds me of in a way uh, that was before Hagar was in Van Halen right it was right before he was in Van Halen I think. Like eighty four. Do you you should bring those records in? I I know you have have a lot. You should have have a lot. You don't have much of those records. I never bought that record. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that's it. That we got to get that record. (laughs) We definitely listen to that. Yeah, for sure. It's probably good or something. We probably turns out that it's actually. (laughs) I know we're gonna get it and be like, wow, this is really good. You know, in looking at the the van, all the the plethora of Van Halen stuff that is on on YouTube now, which probably was always there. We just never. When the last time you YouTubed Van Halen before he died? You know, actually, I did look at some. Concert David Lee Roth era concert footage, but but the Hagar stuff I never you know, but uh, I was looking at one recently, and um, one thing I noticed that was interesting is they played Sammy Hagar solo stuff in Van Halen live, which I did not know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They play like I can't drive fifty five. There's only one way to rock. All this shit like yeah. in, which is pretty cool because you know what I kind of like some of that stuff. So you never saw Van Halen with Sammy Hagar? No. Oh. I wouldn't have dare. I would never have done. No. That. No. Hell no. Why did you like that stuff when it came out? Well, dude. No way, Van dude. We were like, no, you're from Pasadena, dude. You're a traitor, or maybe not a traitor. Dude, when Van Halen is playing in the L.A. area, you went. Really? Like, yeah, I with went. Sammy Hagar, all really? the time. Wow. Yeah. But only, you never saw Roth, right? No, I you're never too saw young Dave. For that, really. yeah, 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 yeah. That was like '84. I was like 12. But you, when you were Oh, okay. But when you were like fifteen, you were like, "Yeah, Van Halen, and Sammy Hagar, you're into it." Um, God, it I was wasn't. it was it was more about it was more about just seeing Van Halen Local as a boys. concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. more Van Halen as a concept, not about Sammy Hagar. Yeah, okay. It was yeah, like yeah. it was like. It was like okay, I'm gonna go it was see. A sharp. I'm gonna go see Van Halen at the Forum. Well, they were a local band when you. Were, I mean, I mean, not then, but they were local. They came from right in your yeah. Neck they of the came woods, from Pasadena, right where you came from. Yeah, so it's like when Van Halen came to the Forum or the Coliseum or the Sports Arena, like I, I always went. Wait, did you like your brother or your friends go? Yeah, I went with my brother. Okay. I went with. So you saw them with Sammy Hagar a bunch of times. Yeah, wow. like more times than I would wow, like to admit. Wow, really? Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Um, yeah. No, see, when when they, like a lot of people who were a little bit, you know, like me, who was a little bit older they than They did you, a couple of Montrose when, tunes. Yeah, with, no, I mean, with, those are kind of cool. And it was, it was yeah. cool because they would play the Montrose song, and, and it, and it would like, sound totally Montrose, and then the guitar yeah. solo would come, and it'd be like, yeah, Van yeah, Halen, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I noticed that, And then too. it was like Montrose. Well, they did uh, <laughs> Only One Way to Rock, which is, well, no, was that a Hagar solo song, or was that a... Yeah, I think that was the same. Yeah. yeah. 
one way ticket to midnight. He, I liked I, I three lock box. I thought that stuff was kind of cool. Hey man, then he joined Van Halen, and I was like, oh no! But I was like, of course, when when that ha- I remember the day that I heard it. This kid Paul Rosen came to school. Guess who the new singer for Van Halen is? Sammy Hagar. Oh, it's gonna be cheesy, you know. And um, it's not like we all hated Sammy Hagar, but it was just he was not the guy we wanted to. I mean, we didn't right. want anybody to. You can't replace David Lee Roth. We were just completely rejected it, and that would have been true with almost anyone. What about like Simon LeBon? If he would have done it, if he would have done, oh well, that would have been know? awesome. Actually, that like, would have that would have been right. More, like, <laughs> Simon LeBon. Simon LeBon. That, that would have been. I mean, it would have been more. Running with the would have been. He could do it. It would have been more <laughs> Roth-esque, you know. But because David Lee Roth is very '80s, very almost yeah. romantic, you know. But uh, anybody replacing him seemed preposterous. I mean, but then again, he quit. I guess they didn't kick quit him out. Quit slash got fired. So yeah, I think know, it's more like he quit. So I think that was it. He quit. So so it's like, well, they had to do something. But then they became an adult contemporary band. The problem is they, you know, what I mean, they they lost their entire sense of humor. Yeah. When Roth left. They used to the, half the point of Van Halen was the sense of humor, right? And then right. the other guys participated. It wasn't like it was just him. All the guys right. went along with. When he left, done. No funny, no nothing, no enter, not real entertainment. The way it just became adult right. contemporary music. It was music. just songs. Lame, like adult songs. Yeah, I agree. There was no more like you know fun. There was no more fun. You know. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I took note of that that they were doing Hagar solo stuff. Anyway. Uh, we'll have more chances to talk. But about that's Van what Hale. made it kind of cool, but though, is that during when they did the live shows, no, it was the it best was like, thing I saw. It was on that Sammy video. stuff. It was new Van Halen yeah, stuff, yeah, and yeah. then they would do they old Van like Halen Panama stuff too. Stuff like yeah. Yeah, 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 You know, they still did it. And it sounded yeah. good. And then, well, he's a bit technically and, a better singer. And then Sammy yeah. would play the guitar, and they would do harmonies. No, they did it on his songs because he always yeah. played guitar on his solo stuff. Yeah, and they would do guitar harmonies yeah. during the solos. Some of it is but like, but like with Eddie Van Halen ripping. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it was. Was fun. No, I mean, I, mm. I noticed that they were a much, honestly, even though I, I hate to say it or admit it, with Hagar in the stuff I've seen, uh, the live stuff, maybe it's overdubbed and maybe they had more technology to do that, but it seemed like they were a much tighter band at that point than they were at yeah. like the Us Festival. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe they just had a lot more opportunity at that point to patch things up and overdub. And, maybe and they had better Coke. Yeah, well, no, it's hard to imagine that they would. Well, they did have more money. They had. That's what I mean. They were bigger at that point yeah. with him than they were with Roth. Although yeah, with Roth, they, they were huge in uh, 1984, but they maintained that level of success yeah. the whole way so through. So maybe Hager. they just re. re they re- were just re- higher, re- man. No, were, I don't think they could have been much higher than they were in like 1981. They I don't were think refining that, yeah. things. They were getting more possible. and more refined. That is possible. You know, but anyway, uh, that's what I thought of when you played that Tony McAlpine, and I, uh, and I, and then then also we were talking about with that Gamma Ray song going on this theme of power metal. Yeah. I'm going to be playing more power metal, at least one per episode for the next few, because this time of year, something about that kind of music was such a, it's sort of forgotten, which is good, because it's most of it's pretty awful. But that Gamma Ray song is so Disney that, and, and I always think of like contemporary, I always thought of that, they, they call it Hollywood metal for a reason, that style of power metal, Luca Torelli, Gamma Ray, whatever we just, what did we just talk about? Halloween, uh, yeah. What are the other bands? Stradivarius, uh, um, the big one, I- a German band of that style, was called. Um, see, now, now, of course, I'm an old man, so I can't remember the name. Um, the biggest one of those bands, and I'll, I'll remember it. The biggest it one of those. Oh, I mean, bands. They, they, they come and go. There was kind of a fad that went, and all the bands went with it. But uh, there was, a, well, Luca Torelli's band was called uh, Rhapsody. They were Italian. Hmm. And then there was, uh, the, what was the German band that was so big? I don't remember the name right now. 
Uh, anyway, anyway, all those bands um, have this sort of Disney sound to them. Uh, and I thought, oh, it's because those, those Disney, those like really sort of glossy Disney movies that were made Woo. in the in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Of, you know what I mean? Like the, the really uh, animated, but with like really heavily produced happy songs like that melodic right? disney yeah yeah but then we were talking about during that i almost there's some there's some phrasing and some some melodies in that guardians of mankind song that almost sound like snow white or something because the Jim scales Jiminy that Cricket. they're using yeah the scales they're using yeah. are like they're musical so theater andrew lloyd webber very disney, traditional scales. Yeah, yeah yeah and they they come out like when he's like that's one thing I'm learning from. Sounds this like a, mu- a musical theater thing. That That's is what thing Disney I'm learning from this Ray Brown book right here is that um, a lot of these scales that he makes me learn, um, I recognize when I hear other music now. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because right. he makes me practice certain scales and modes. Yes. And then uh, Ray Brown. Yeah, and then he's like, he's like, don't turn the page. Until you have these memorized. Oh, okay. and I'm like, all right. Well, I guess but they're I'm not major things like the happy metal. The um, major but yeah, it's it's yeah. a very familiar skit. Like, yeah. I don't, st- I still don't know the names of all the stuff, but I'm starting to recognize the patterns. Yeah, you okay. know, in, okay. in, in in watching. Yeah, see, I don't know the theory at all. I just know that you can make really cheesy sounding. Yeah. Really, sort of uh, nauseating music like that. Um. Oh, that is is actually pleasing to the ear, regardless of the fact that it can be <laughs> very nauseating at the same time. It's fun uh, for a while. That's like eating too much ice cream, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like yeah. eating a giant th- or, or a bunch of icing or something like that. To the point where it's, oh, <laughs> Just uh, frosting. Straight from Just the frosting. Yeah, and you just oh, it's just awful. You get a headache, you know. Well, because there's the dynamics don't change. It's just constantly, and there's it no, is like doing there's no it's dynamics. Like doing a cocaine or speed. It's it's like just like pleasure centers on oh no 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 yeah 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 comes exactly. down oh god it's a sugar high, it, much yes. like Trump economics are going to be uh, when the economy crashes next year. Yeah, uh, we're going to all come down. Yeah. So what are we playing we're here? Playing we're playing Bible of the Devil. Our sort of what was. Sister band. sister band, you were going to say, yeah, from, uh, very good, very nice, uh, of our sister band, yeah, uh, of Dick, Knott. that's a Dick Knot right there, yeah. of, uh, of, uh, from Chicago are our favorite bands that we've played with probably more than anybody, really, shared the stage with maybe more than anyone at all, probably have, in fact, I, d- I bet that's true, uh, fantastic record they did, uh, Thieves, Rogues, and what is the name of that again, yeah, the actual name. Um, thugs and for the, f- love, for the of love of thugs, thugs and fools. Thugs and fools, uh, maybe my favorite record by them. Um, and I want to hear Nate Perry's uh, uh, vocal performance on that one. He's now the lead singer for that band because Mark Hoffman left the band uh, after they made this r- this record here in what like five years ago or something like that. Something like that. N- Nate's wearing an Atavism T-shirt is, on the yeah. back of this record. Yeah, and I he but he only sang like one or two songs, uh, maybe one song per record back then. Right. This one is called Can't Turn Off the Sun. And there's a great tour story behind it, but we won't tell that because maybe we'll get lucky enough to get him on the air with us sometimes. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, this is another one of those records that has. um, The writing is too small. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is the writing too small, obscure and weird. Yeah. The graphics are strange. Um, But this song song has a great story behind it uh, about touring and craziness and late night uh, uh, activity. And. 
and I remember the whole thing. And uh, Nate uh, really does his best Paul Stanley on this one. He really likes Paul Stanley's voice, and he does sort of a sort of a Paul Stanley voice on this, which works very well for the song. Yeah, does Dig he it. have the hairy Dig chest of Paul it. Stanley? Uh, I don't remember. I, he must. I don't, or maybe not. I don't know. I think I think it's a hair piece on Paul, Paul Paul Stanley's chest. I think that's a that's a chest piece, so to speak. I don't know. I saw. A I thing. don't know. No, it's got to be. I saw <laughs> a thing on him uh, the other day. Well, yeah. not the other day, but within the past year, where it's probably he, a hair piece. You know, he was just at home. It was like you know Paul Stanley at home. When his know? chest was sticking out like that with a hair. Um. On. Well, no, he had like just like a regular button-up shirt, and it was yeah. it was not unbuttoned, but it just you could see there was like texture no, underneath yeah, I, I'm sure the shirt. He is actually a hairy man. He's, yeah, he's probably a very hairy man. Yeah, now there's a dick knot for you. Kiss. No, Paul, Paul Stanley and his hair. By himself. Yeah. His hair. Well, he's only got one. I presume. I don't see how. But it's all know. tied up in hair. Oh, maybe I don't. So know. he's got a dick knot with hair. Oh, good God. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Grizzly images in our mind at this late hour. Uh, this has been Slaufeg be Radio, episode number nineteen. If you'd like to send us any uh, care packages. Like our uh, our good friend Angus from Portland, Maine, sent us um, today. Then feel free to send it to uh, Lord Weird Slaufeg, PO Box one nine one three zero one, San Francisco, California nine four one one nine. And yeah, and remember to identify that first German uh, hard rock song. And uh, if you have any insight on what pow- the term power metal meant or indicated. Um, pre, you know, Halloween, like in the very early '80s or even the '70s. Pre-Halloween power. Let metal. us know what 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 that meant because we're we're confused. That's about a topic. That. Yeah, yeah, it's a topic. It's a thing. It's a genuine topic. Yeah, yeah. it's a genuine topic. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, here's some Bible of the Devil.